Uh, last week, Father Jose talked about the beginning of John the Baptist's ministry and message, also giving us the reason for it. John the Baptist was called to be a prophet to the Israelites, a voice in the wilderness, literally, but also a voice speaking into the wilderness of the people's vacant hearts, minds, and lives. This people had slipped far away from their God, and John's ministry was to prepare them for the, for the coming of the Messiah. So his message to the people was simple and clear. He was preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. He did not mince words, as we heard in the gospel today. You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? He did not mince words. His intention was not to be politically correct or soothingly diplomatic to those who were in the sound of his voice. He was called of God and sent to be the voice the people heard. John said to the multitudes that came out to be baptized by him, Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now, the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Now, I'm, I must tell you that this week's lessons have been for me an extremely personal, thought-provoking, convicting, and rich in terms of what the Lord has guided me to think this week in the preparation of this, what my meditation time has been, and the words and the things that he's given me to meditate on, and honestly, the prayer bringing me to my knees in prayer, in seeking him, because he created by these readings today a renewed desire in me for a real and needed transformation in my life. And I pray that he will do the same thing with you. Now John's words to the crowds, bear fruits worthy of repentance, is as valid for us today as it was when he spoke them. John warned, do not depend upon your status of, of Abraham being your father. Just like today, he would warn us, don't rely upon your church membership. Folks, no one, no one coasts into the family of God on the coattails of another. There must be more than heritage. There must be more than tradition. And there must be more than religious practice. What counts is the good fruits produced and evidenced from our lives based on the intention and motivation of our hearts as we make choices and decisions 
daily, every day. Philippians says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And finally, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. The thoughts just began to come. They just flowed places and things that I've read in scriptures, things that I've known, things that I pray. But they just began to flow. They were flowing so fast. These are a few of them. We are to let our minds, our minds, be renewed in Christ Jesus. That's what scripture says. We are to put off the former things, to put on Christ. We are to walk worthy of the calling with which we are called, how we are to be in the world, but not of the world. In other words, how do our lives differ from the people that are of the world? What would, we, what would be said of us by those who know us? Would they say, you know, there's something really different, noticeably different, from most people. Would they say that? Do we exercise a real and a living hope? Or do we blend in so well with the world that most would not even suspect that we belong to the kingdom of light? Just like John, we are called of God. We have a message and a ministry. But no one is going to listen unless we are authentic and our lives are compelling. Our church membership will not impress people. If our actions are not compelling evidence of our words, we will not win anyone to Christ. We will convince no one that Jesus is the answer to all of life and beyond if we are like the world. Now, having said all that, does that mean that somehow we are to live untouched by the world? No. 
Does this somehow mean we won't or shouldn't experience disappointment, failure, fear, pain, illness, etc.? No. Does this mean we are to go around with a perpetual smile on our faces and deny that we too face the same crisis issue everyone experiences? No. <laughs> Does this... <laughs> Does this mean we are to remain untouched by the ugliness of the world? No. At least somebody's answering me. <laughs> so what does it mean? What does it mean? Our mindsets are crucial. They are the keys to our attitudes and our actions. The way we face life brings either joy or sorrow worry or contentment. Our lives will either be lived with disappointment and confusion or peace, with hope or hopelessness. It occurs to me that what we really need to examine is what influences our minds, how we think, what we think, what we do, what influences us. In 2 Corinthians, it says, for though, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And listen to this one. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Our minds, our thought processes, the decisions we make, the way we live our lives are authentic and undeniable proof of what we believe. And we either believe that Jesus is ever-present, ever-real, leading and guiding and teaching us and loving us and walking with us in whatever we are facing or we are letting the world determine what we think, what we feel, what we do. The condition of our minds has everything to do with the way we act and treat others. We choose by our free will to operate in hope patience with a sincere believing heart that God is actively working in this world. Or we choose to operate in the darkened thinking that permeates the world. You see, at the very foundation, it doesn't matter what we're dealing with. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how bad or how horrible things seem to be or even why God is allowing them. We, by a conscious, free act of our will, can choose to dwell and operate on the better things, on the good things, the thoughts that give, hope, give birth to hope. We can choose that. The thoughts that remain steadfast that Jesus is for us, therefore, nothing, nothing can be against us. 
worry, fretting, stress, fear, and all the things that go along with those things steal joy and goodness out of our lives. These things rob us of hope. Please understand, I am not suggesting for one minute that the ugly, horrible things of this world should not affect us, like the shooting of those children in Connecticut, or the mall shooting in Oregon, or the devastation of the Sandy Storm, or the tsunami in Japan, or the personal crisis that each one of us experience at one time or another. And maybe some of you right now are facing some real hard, personal, painful experiences. What I am saying is this. These are the times we must choose to draw close to Jesus, putting our hand into his and allowing him to guide us and walk us through this stuff. Or we can be like the world. We can be tormented and destroyed, letting life and hope be sucked out of us. Folks, we either have hope and offer hope, or we join in the ways of the world in the deadly disease of worry, anxiety, fear, and hopelessness. What do you think? What guides your thoughts? Let's turn to our Philippians passage and see what are we to think through the thick and the thin of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. That's an exclamation point there. Rejoice. Not rejoice. Rejoice. This brings to mind the words spoken by Nehemiah and Ezra when the people were weeping after hearing the words of the law being read and them being convicted, the people being convicted, because they too were far off from God. It said, Nehemiah says, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way. Eat the fat. Drink the sweet. And send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. To rejoice in the Lord is to draw very near to him. To bow your mind in worship and be glad that he has you and the world doesn't. That's what we rejoice in. Choose to remember he has made you just and yield to the joy of the Lord that will be your strength. Be still and know he is your God. Be reminded of his mercy and grace 
however hard we fall. However hard we fall, he will lift us up. Trouble will not prevail. He gave his life that we would not fail. And then it says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. As the Lord fills you with hope, share hope. Be a good listener. Be patient. Let your minds be renewed and transformed and strengthened by the majesty of God's love and let that be evident in all your actions with others. Through you, let Jesus draw near to those who need him. And yes, folks, that may be the ones that you have the most difficulty with. But through you, let Jesus draw near to those who need him. Now, if they reject you, we know what to do. But as long as they allow you to draw near, then you allow Jesus to draw near. And then it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. When the world does not make sense, when you are at a loss, when you don't know what to feel, what to do, don't be overcome with anxiety, fear, or grief. Decide and determine to come into the presence of God and pray. Just like Jesus, there are times when we need to withdraw from people, go apart, and pray. And let me say this about that. We must always be developing that close, intimate relationship with the Lord because when we need him the most, we will go to him first if we've developed that relationship. What I mean is that for be anxious for nothing to be possible, then Jesus needs to be the one friend that we go to with everything. Everything, the good, the bad, the ugly. When we are in the wilderness, when we are in the dark night of the soul, we follow Jesus and we meet his enemies just as he did in the wilderness with the word of the Lord, which means you need to know it. You need to know the word. We give thanks to God that he is very near to us, that he listens, that he acts, that he is for us. And as long as he is with us, we live and move and have our being in him, even and especially when we want to run screaming out of our lives. We go to God. We pray, letting him know where we are. 
acknowledging our dependence upon him because there's nothing we can do. And as we pray, pouring the desperation and the depths of our heart out to him, the peace of God which surpasses our human comprehension, our human understanding, will guard your heart and your mind. That's the promise. I want to say that Jesus jealously guards our hearts and minds. He doesn't want us confused. He doesn't want us afraid. He doesn't want us without hope. He wants us to be strong in him. And in our weakness, he is our guard, giving grace and strength and the power of love, making us conquerors in our life circumstances. Whatever that is, whatever moment it is, more than conquerors. Finally, brethren, Think on these things. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is anything praiseworthy, think on these things. So what do you think? First, we need to come to a dead stop, calling a halt to that internal tug of war that exists between our conscience and our flesh. Call a halt to it. No more tug of war. Second, we, t- we need to make a free act of our will, making the decision to think on these things we read in the Philippians passage. Because this is God. This is God renewing and transforming our minds. It's him, folks. This is God calling us to deeper and active faith. This is us. Deciding to be obedient, thinking what God wants us to think, and turning our minds away from what the world thinks. Letting desperation and hurt be turned to hope and healing. Peace will guard our hearts from hopelessness. Peace will guard our minds from anxiety, worry, stress, Fear, negativity, criticalness, all the things the world tells us we have a right to think and to feel. When we think on these things, we move out of being passive and useless. And we move into being active in God's plan and activity of the redemption of this world, one broken and desperate soul at a time, one at a time. The message says it this way, summing it all up, friends, 
I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you have learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that, and God, who makes everything work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. John speaks these words in our gospel lesson today. Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. And the people asked him, saying, What shall we do then? The words of Paul in Philippians answers that question. Rejoice in the Lord always. Be gentle. Pray and think on these things. And I want to say to you, be of good courage. Christ overcame the world. So let us be like Christ. Let us work at overcoming the world. Let us encourage one another to deep believing. Let us call each other to authentic faith and goodness. Let hope live in us. Let's war against the darkened thinking of this world. Let's spread the message that God is at war with the ugly things of this world. And that hope, peace, justification, eternal life, mercy, and the unconditional, immeasurable love of God has come unto us in Christ Jesus. Let's be God's own people, being authentic and compelling as we bear the fruits worthy of repentance in the whole of our lives. Repentance is our declaration of the heart. It is our declaration of the soul. It is a deep and abiding inward decision to reject the world turning away from what would destroy us to that which saves us, to whom saves us, Christ Jesus. And as we come with broken hearts in humility and thanksgiving to Jesus, finding hope, transformation, new life, Please, let us be the John the Baptist in our world today. Let us be that voice in the wilderness preparing the hearts of people to receive the grace of God in Christ. Jesus lives. Hope lives. We live. Let us decide to be the ones who shine Christ's light into this world. And then we'll know the truth of the words that were read in Zephaniah today. The Lord your God 
in your midst. The mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. What do you think? To whom will you draw near?